Welcome to So What Else. My name is Caitlin Elliott and I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories, the big important things they've been through, and also the random stuff. We're going to talk about it all here. This podcast is just me talking with fascinating people so that we can all hear what they have to share with the world. So what else? This week on So What Else, we have Scott here with his two sisters, Kim and Tyanne. We cried during this episode and then we laughed until we cried. Scott and his sisters share about growing up with a sister who had severe cerebral palsy and then they talk about losing her when she was almost 30 years old. Um, So it's definitely heavy, but it's really beautiful to talk about um, her life that she lived and the way she impacted so many people. We also talk about lots of other stuff like pee in a squirt bottle, how Scott and I met, Kirk Cameron. It's a party. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to this week's episode of So What Else. I am here today with Scott, yet again. Yo. And Scott's two sisters, Kim and Tyann. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Kim. I'm the youngest sibling. (laughs) Um, No, I am in Colorado and I'm married. I've been married how many years? 28 years? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're old. I'm the old one, really. (laughs) And I have three kiddos that are old also. I won't, well, yeah, 27, 25, and 18. That is so old. We are really old. We're the ancient ones. (laughs) Well, you don't look it. Tyann, who are you? I'm Tyann, and I am third born. Um, Live in Colorado, like three miles from Kim. (laughs) We're total nerds. And I have four boys. I'm married to Jeff. We've been married 25 years this month, which is crazy. It's our golden anniversary, 25 on 25, the 25th or something like that. And we have four boys. So they are 14, 16, 18, 21. Wow. Impressive that you remembered all the ages, right? Yeah, seriously. You guys have a lot of kids. Scott, (laughs) do you want to say anything about yourself? (laughs) not really (laughs) this is exciting for scott though because he's been on the podcast a lot of times but he's never actually gotten interviewed and so today he's getting interviewed along with his sisters he's not doing the interviewing yeah i like this a lot better this is good oh okay be nervous if i were you because we could be like telling all these things about a lot of scott stories (laughs) yeah i'm nervous that you two are on the call but i'd rather be an interviewee than an interviewer (laughs) So we actually owe you guys for our marriage. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Tell them the story, Scott. Go. Well, so I don't know who's going to take the credit. Probably both of them. We both are. We're both always right. And we both always take the credit. <laughs> so I got a phone call one day that there was a pretty girl at their church. And they said, come on over to meet her. And so um, whoever called first, I don't know. I said, no, I'm busy. Then the next one called and I said, no, I'm busy. Then my mother called and I said, what is going on here? Okay, I'll swing by. So I swung over to the church, swung over, whatever. And um, that's where Caitlin was working. She was doing a missions trip in Colorado at the time. And um, she was working. So I was like, I walked in, I was like, listen, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to be with a weird guy, whatever. Like, I'll just go in the office and that's it. So I walk in the office and like, I got a little glance and then just like sneak in the office and not 30 seconds later, 
you guys are walking in with Caitlin and you're like, this is my brother. He wants to talk to you. He wants to know what you do. Like, I remember I, Caitlin, no, that it no, was I really, really was clueless. Ty, I think you came up to, I was sitting eating lunch. I literally had food in my mouth and you were like, can you come into the office really quick? And I thought, oh, what is going to happen? Because to give people context, I was help leading a missions trip at your church. Team that we had with us that week that I was helping to lead, they were like kind of a hot mess. Like they it was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah, like it was a train wreck for sure. Like they were like causing problems everywhere we went. Like it was like not going well. So when you were like, "Can you come into the office?" I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did, did someone break a window? Like what? What is she gonna tell me?" And you were just like, "This is my brother. Like he." you know, plants churches here in Denver. And he just wanted to talk to you about like your organization. But Grayson, Which, who is the youngest grandchild <laughs> other than my children on that side of the family was sitting on your lap. And I thought, here's this man and his son. So I didn't think anything of it. Like I, I was just like, I'm sure his wife's around here somewhere. Like I that's also because I'm eight years older than Shut up. So she's like, who's this old guy with a kid? <laughs> How many years ago was that? That was like a decade ago. That was 11 years ago. Ele okay, yeah. yeah so, so Grayson was like three. Yeah, he yeah. was he was yeah. so little. Probably two, he was little. Yeah. And I think mom and Ty and I were all like creepily standing outside the door. Like, do you remember that time? We were so stalkers. <laughs> I, it was, we all knew because we were like, we never agree. All three. But what happened? Like, okay, there's one. Oh, there's two. We all three. This is it. We're like. But then they were talking just that day and then nothing. It was like crickets yes. um, until our friend said to us like a couple days later, like, oh, I got to see your brother today at church. And she was a secretary at another church. She, he came and picked up Caitlin to take her to the airport. And we're like, what? Like, <laughs> he's hiding it from you guys us. totally tried to hide from us. So we, yeah, like, well. <laughs> When I caught on, so so that first day, Tyann, when you pulled me in, you're like, my brother wants to talk to you. It totally went over my head. Like I was like, I'm I'm assuming this is this man's child. When I got it was the next day, Kim, you were like, so did you enjoy talking to my brother yesterday? And I was like, yeah. And then you were like, you know what? Can I get your number and give it to him? Because I just feel like you could help like talk him through. So, And then I was like, Oh, I think oh I no. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, oh. I'm surprised that you talked to him again after that. Like if I was being set up, I'd be like, no, okay, no. Not <laughs> only that, but you guys were like, he wants to know about your company or what you do. I had no clue what she did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, tell me about, yeah, what is it you do? Right, and yeah. And I work. was like, do you want to talk to my boss? And he was like, no, not really. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not good at being sly. We're so just anyway, so then we went out on a date to like yogurt land and like talked and hit it off. Then she was like packing up from that church. That's where they were staying. I just made up some excuse to come say goodbye. I didn't take her to the airport, but apparently your spies were out. And the spies were out. We and the rest is history everywhere. everywhere. So we owe you guys for our relationship. I just played your engagement, not engagement video that I love, but the um, video when you saw your sisters and they picked you up from the airport and you <laughs> screamed like solid for like five minutes. <laughs> awesome. So funny. Oh my God. I think you should put that in your show notes. I do too. Yeah, the, Maybe I and your wedding that. video and your engagement video. I love that. That it's very nice. It's very All cute. The yeah. So I knew your sisters and your mother before I knew you. Yeah. So that's how we knew this was. I'm cool. sure we sold her 
Exactly. I love you guys. I was like, I want to be part of the family. She's probably like, no. Well, she did. She was, she was all about it. I'm like, yes, they have a brother. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Kim, your kids are like old. Like when I met you, they were not old. Kennedy was tiny. I just on my phone the other day, got one of those like memory things that popped up. And it was from that first summer I met you guys and Kennedy was so little and now she's 18 and she's your youngest child so you're basically like on the precipice of being an empty nester how does that feel well i don't know it depends on the day like yeah. put the chain lock on the door throw a party or no it's gonna be especially the girl i mean the boys you always feel like they're gonna go away like mm -hmm. boys do that scotty and girl, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> girls, like they are always with you. It's like your best friend leaving, and you're like, no, you can't go. But they're all going like at once. I feel like, yeah. So, who knows? We might just buy, you know, a house somewhere weird. Travel a lot, but we can't travel now. That's our luck. No, I know. Well, and your oldest, Kale, is going to Israel, right? Supposedly, yeah. He's I'd super excited. That yeah. It makes you nervous. You always want them to go and have the best time, but yeah, we'll see. Oh it's yeah. It's a weird, I cannot believe we're that old. And I don't know. I go back and forth. I'm like, maybe we'll foster more. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Cause this year you guys have stepped your foot into foster care. It's like, what's the program called that you guys. Safe families. Okay. And Tell us about them a little. Awesome. Because it's less restrictive than foster care. Okay. So you don't have to do so much mm -hmm. and there's not as many restrictions on your house and all of that. And so, and they're also, it's before kids go into the system. So they're not quite as hardened mm -hmm. and the parents usually want to keep the kids. They want to work and make it work. And so it's kind of like a mentorship. I feel like with the parents and the kids and the goal is always reconciliation and you know, sometimes people have them short term, sometimes people have them long term, like if a parent needs to go into rehab or just needs a break, there's all different ways that people can do it like a weekend or like us, we had them almost eight months. So, wow. And then you still have a relationship with them today. Like you still are part of their life, which I think is really cool is that um, like you had the girls full time for all those months, but now you're like still with them like you see them a lot and you do things with them and they'll spend the weekend and whatever and I think that that's really special you'll have a relationship with them forever yeah well I always said you know I could never do it because I love kids like crazy and when they left I thought oh my gosh there's no way but to watch God work like the youngest is at my mom's preschool so mm -hmm. she gets to be with her and we can go see her anytime and then the older ones come here before and after school and it's just been crazy. God did way more than I thought would happen. So yeah. Awesome. It's an awesome program. Everybody should look at it because you can, you can just be a part in little ways and help moms learn how to be better moms or just love on kiddos. So that's awesome. I, I will link to that in the show notes for sure, because I know that there's a lot of people, you know, when we had our episode with Kate Doyle, she talked a lot about foster care and a lot of people were interested. But what I also think is cool about safe families is like you said, it's, kind of like the step before foster care. So it's like before a kid gets officially put into the system, you can kind of step in and work with the family and kind of, you know, whatever. So I think that that's awesome. We will link to that for sure. Um, 
tell me about, you guys have been really going through it with Kennedy and her eye. So Kennedy's your youngest, your daughter, 18 years old. She's about to go to college. What is the saga with her eye? Oh, so I, we always say our family is so laid back. And so when people would say like, put on your goggles when you do Nerf guns, we would laugh at them. So you never laugh at stuff and never say never. But so she got hit with the Nerf gun and it detached her retina. And we didn't know for like two months because she's a third child. And we're like, you're okay. You're okay. You're supposed to have it reattached in 24 hours. Oh, so, so wait, her did her retina was fully detached for two months. hundred percent. I don't even think I realized that, that it was like fully detached. I thought it was like hanging on. She so couldn't anyway, see out of mom, that eye for two months and her mom just ignored her. Yeah. Just saying. Was she telling you I can't see anything? No, I don't think she knew. Like she would tell me right after it happened. She's like, I see black spots. I'm like, ah, oh, you're fine. It's an ARF gun. Right. Whatever. But so anyway, long story short, he said she's been through a lot of, almost lost her eye and blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff. She just had her 10th surgery, but they said if it would have happened five years earlier, she definitely would have lost her eye. Really? Why is that? Because technology has come along so far that that's the only way they could have done it. So yeah, we call it $100,000 eye now because that's, oh, so parents remember that. Put the goggles on and think about it. Goggles are way cheaper. Oh gosh. I mean, at one point you guys had to fly her to Philadelphia to go to CHOP, right? Yes, Yes. And your mom and dad were, I just, I think about it every time she has a surgery, they first thought, and these are the blessings we always hold on to is they first thought it was blastoma. And so we had to fly her out the next, like two days later and have her checked by the top specialist. Mm -hmm. And they said it wasn't, but your parents drove hours to be in the waiting room and pray with us. And I was like, Oh, they're amazing. It was, it was huge for us. So yeah. It's been amazing watching Kennedy though. Like, Oh my God through this. Cause each surgery is so much and Mm -hmm. so much goes into every one of them. And to, when she just said this was her 10th one, yeah, I was like, that's unreal, but she's been so strong. And I mean, I know it's, it's done a lot for her too. Like, Oh, she's inspiring. I mean, she had to give up a lot. She had to give up soccer, like surgery. It's not like it's like a nothing situation. Like it's recovery is terrible. She has to miss school. She can't do things like it sucks for her. And she's had to go through it 10 times. And she's like, I mean, look, you're her mom. I'm sure you've seen her in like hard moments, but she's very upbeat and she's positive. She's very, she's an inspiration. Yeah. It's a hard line. I mean, to teach them like that you do want to mourn it and you realize yeah. it's a sad thing, but you know, cause soccer was like her life, but we were like, it's not who you are. It's something you do. So there's a lot of good lessons and it's, you know, but you don't want to, you don't want to minimize it, but you also don't want them to be like, poor me. Yeah, totally. You know? Everybody's got something. So that's just her thing. Well, she yeah. does it so well. She does that where she, yeah, I think she understands what's going on and stuff. And she's obviously made the sacrifices, but she's, she doesn't, she doesn't complain. She doesn't, you know, throw fits. She doesn't make a big deal out of it. Like mm-hmm. she, uh, she's handled it really, really well. Oh yeah. We're thankful. And I know it's like, seriously, you say it until you go through it. But when people are like, I'm praying for you and you're like, oh. it's like when you can really feel that people are praying for you. Yeah. It's yeah. It changes a lot. You, you learn a lot through all of it. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's crazy. Well, she's amazing. 
And Tyann, you have four boys. <laughs> God bless so you. Many. And Ty always said she didn't want children. <laughs> so how have you survived? Barely. <laughs> I can't even tell you stories. I mean, like I could go on for hours just in the last like 48 hours of our life of things. Currently, one of my children is broken out from head to toe with one of three leprous skin diseases, but we think it's poison ivy today. We're not quite sure. Uh, um, along with two of his buddies. And so, yes, they are, they're always into something or uh, yeah, we, mm -hmm, it's Scott, been fun. Tell, Scott, tell them the story. <laughs> tell the story about the peeing on the door. <laughs> this is, I love this one. <laughs> I don't even think I know this one. <laughs> they're just so smart they're like all boy but they're so smart too right and so they like one day he's i think i think graham but i can't remember exactly might have been grant but one of them i'm in your house and they are like whatever i'm chasing them oh no they were butt naked <laughs> i'm like get back here get back here whatever always i think i'm trying to get them dressed i'm like come back here right he runs out the front door turns around <laughs> and starts peeing on the door so that I can't open it to get him back. <laughs> like that is genius to think at that level. You know what I can do? To My money is that it's on Graham because when he was also really little, the boys, two olders came out screaming. He's squirting us because he had like a squirt bottle. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's water. Knock it off. And they're like, no, he filled it with pee. <laughs> <laughs> like my stories are endless of danger disaster honoriness like all the things but they are super sweet like they oh. have all of them have really big hearts and they love each other but they just egg each other other on and it is yeah. different like oh your boys are the sweet I mean they are so good with the girls with my kids like they're like little mushes like they're so they let the girls boss them around like they're amazing <laughs> but like for sure. Like you have stories with your kids that I am just like, I don't know how she has any hair on her head. Like I would just like, I would have just really lost my mind, but you, you have should have enjoyed the year of quarantine with us because we have 900 kids here 24 hours a day, which is why I'm sitting in my car right now. <laughs> Diana's <laughs> podcasting from her vehicle in her driveway. <laughs> because I have like 10 high school boys playing wiffle ball screaming and yelling through the house right now so uh, just last week uh, someone break a window of one of your cars with a baseball bat yeah uh -huh. just all every day all day there was like a new story that you're just like oh someone you know shut the door and the bat went through the window and um, or you're like every time you're talking to her she's like put the chainsaw down yeah. <laughs> so recently like, we, we have a motorcycle yeah, we have a motor, little, little like kid motorcycle, like maybe teenager motorcycle, dirt bike. And they somehow rigged a cart to go behind it and pull other children. And um, so I see this gentleman stop his car and he's talking to Grayson, our youngest and his friend. So then I call Grayson and I was like, what'd that guy say to you? And he said, boys, you need to be careful 
statistics show if you can live to be 25, you'll probably live to be 70. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And then he's like, yeah, and this other lady was walking her dog and she stopped us and was like, boys, you need to be safe. But if you knock your teeth out, take them home with you because they can put them back in. And I'm like, what are you guys doing that strangers are stopping you? Like, yeah, it's embarrassing. Literally every like- day, like that one day when it was snowing out and I'm talking to her and she's yelling, put the gasoline away. They had filled a, a Coke can with gas and were lighting it on fire and batting it. And so- <laughs> I have the video. You can put it in your show notes. It's an Um, awesome video. There is, there are so many stories that I'm just like, I mean, we're on like speed dial every school. Oh, I know every principal we're like BFF. My Um, favorite thing from this year is like, so keep in mind, like I'm a teacher. I've been teaching on zoom, like all these things. Scott told me one day, he's like, oh man, I talked to Tyann. She said one of the boys got in trouble because like, you know, they're on a hunting trip, you know, Jeff has him hunting and and Grayson like zoomed into his class, like from the duck blinds, like, you know, like sitting in there, like in his camo with the gun, like gunfires going off and he's in his Zoom class. And I was like, are you kidding me? Here's the deal. you guys. This is like this is a pro tip right here. So the school calls and they were like, hey, that's not going to work. And so I went into our school computer and I changed our emergency contact number to Jeff's number so now every time they call us they call Jeff I'm like I don't want to hear from another teacher this year call my husband genius but the (laughs) other one so she had that one on on there and then the other one a teacher who she's we're friends with texts her and she's like can you wake up, Graham? We have a guest speaker in our class today from the district. (laughs) (laughs) He's asleep on Zoom. (laughs) You guys, like I could go on and on. Every day. Like we know how to, we had an ER doctor teach us how to super glue Mm -hmm. wounds. So we didn't spend so much money at the ER and they call it declue glue because that's our last name. And we've had people at our church like come over like, hey, can you glue this up? Like we've glued multiple other people and all of our children and like legs, arms, foreheads, all it the things. It could be like a second stream of income. You guys could like over It could be. Absolutely. So the money. Long story short, I feel like I have earned a free spot in heaven because I've raised four boys and kept yeah. them alive this long. Yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like going to be contributing members of society, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love too how the, how all the kids are basically one family too. So we got <laughs> Yeah, you know, Kim's three, Ty's four, and they just—they've all gone to the same schools. Yeah, and they follow in each other's footsteps, and each teacher's like, "Okay, I know this one's coming." Yeah, and so yeah. it's—they all cover up for each other, and when oh, one's yeah. having a bad day, the other one steps up. They all—they're so cute, Henri together. I love it, Ty. Your most intense story, though, with your boys is not one to laugh at. It happened like probably like I think it was like a year before I met you guys because I remember you telling me about it. And it hadn't been so long ago that it had happened. Tell everybody the story of your third son, Graham, and what happened to him when he, he was like, what, four years old? Younger. He was three. Oh. He was just three. Um, and he, um, a lot of our stories involve Graham. And so <laughs> he brings a lot of life to the party. And um, we were at Chuck E. Cheese and he had climbed on the outside of the slide and these little girls dumped water down it. And so he fell off and he fell about probably nine or 10 feet on his face <sighs> onto cement. 
And so he was knocked out. He had two orbital bone fractures and a skull fracture. And so, um, yeah, that was a scary one instantly. And so then for about six or nine months, he had this huge black eye because it was like swollen shut from all of it. And so everywhere we went, people would be like, oh, did you win the fight? Or, oh, what happened to you? And he hated it, just Uh, absolutely hated it. And so from then he stopped telling us when he got hurt, uh, which I've already told you like all of these stories. And so all the time he was getting hurt. So like he dropped a window well cover on his finger and like cut off the tip of his finger. And I kind of saw it, but he, so I was like, where'd he go? And I went down and we had to take him to get stitches. And, um, we were at like a movie theater and he put the trash in the trash can and it came back and hit him in the head and cut his head open. He didn't tell us. He, um, was choking one night out on the patio. They were eating dinner with the boys and and his brother came and he's like, Graham's really choking. And so it got to be where he was so embarrassed from it that he was just like, I don't, I don't want to draw attention to myself. And so that was, I mean, there was like a lot of layers to the injury that have lasted for years. There was some stuff with his reading back in like, memory and um specialized tutoring that we had to do so he could learn his letters and um and then he pulled through like a champ so he's doing well yeah he's still a little spicy Um, (laughs) no he's identical to tyann it's my dad tyann and graham they're all three the same (laughs) that look he gives ty and she's like have you ever seen a more sassy kid and i pull up a picture of ty and i'm like uh, they look identical when they're little when they're, they, and you awesome. actually look identical they and, do yes yeah. oh my so when he fell I mean was he like taken in an ambulance the lady called the paramedics when she heard him hit before oh. he even, before anybody got to him she had called 911 because it was so bad oh my god so what's funny is all these years later like it was a horrible story um like spending the night we were in the I don't even know what the term is for the ER room. That's like high priority. Like we had to have someone like a nurse stay in the room with us Oh wow! Um, that whole first night and everything. And so Chuck E. Cheese brought us a box that's giant of every toy they have in their little ticket area, every stuffed animal, bags of cotton candy, oh my gosh. all the things. And so he's telling these boys a story the other day. He's in high school and he's like, yeah, I felt Chuck E. Cheese. And I was in this wheelchair and someone knocked on our door and I rolled my wheelchair over and it was Chuck E. Cheese and he gave me this huge box. Oh. All his friends like, I'm like, none of that happened, Graham. And it's like, that's how I like <laughs> no, it. Really story. <laughs> <laughs> he can remember it how he wants to remember exactly. it. Exactly. Let him have his memory. Like, you did get toys from Chuck E. Cheese. He did not come in a costume and you were never in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but God. Details. Oh, but I've seen those pictures of him. I mean, it's it's hard to look at it's hard to look at I can't imagine being his mother and living the experience yeah I have um very little worry in my body any place ever (laughs) and so usually like it comes out in laughter or in other things um and so I don't know if that's like a gifting that God gave me to deal with boys that's so true totally so, I mean, you guys, so your family, if anybody's met the Elliots, they're a fun crew. 
I mean, it's like chaos, loud. <laughs> no, but it's amazing. It's like, I, but I mean it though. Like when I met you guys that summer, like I was like, this is a fun group. Well, first of all, I just kept being surprised by how many of you there were. We're <laughs> coming like, in. Where are right? they coming from? People were like, oh, those two are sisters. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, and that's their mom. Oh, that's their dad. That's that one. Oh yeah. And those kids, those kids are theirs. Those kids are theirs too. That kid's there. And I was like, how many of these people are there? Like, there's like a thousand of these people. And then one night, like Bart hadn't been there like the whole week and he was at some barbecue or something. And they're like, he's one of them too. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, there's so many, but it's like, it's a big group. You guys are loud. You're funny. You're chaotic. You're amazing. But like, you guys have been through some stuff. But like, you don't necessarily talk about it a lot. And like, as we talked about, even like with Kennedy and her eye or Graham and his injury, you guys don't necessarily like harp on it. You're not like, woe is me, like whatever. But something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know about you guys. I know a lot of people here in Jersey don't know this about Scott, but you had an older sister who was the first child of your parents, Bambi, who I never got to meet. But so she was the first child. Then it was Kim, then Tyann, then Scott. So I want to talk a little bit about her. So tell me, um, how old were your parents when they had her? 20. Oh my gosh. So they were- My mom, and dad, my mom was 19 when they got married and she was oh. 20 when she had Bambi. Oh my gosh. So it was babies having a baby. Yes. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So it was a traumatic birth, right? Yes. So like they, I don't, they I mean- had, like, My mom says they had- she went into labor so early that they gave her, she called them horse shots that were like, the needle was huge and inches long in her hips to keep her from delivering. Oh. So she's like, it was, think, it was years ago. So yeah. it's like late sixties, you know? And so med medicine, how they dealt with everything was totally different mm -hmm. than it is now. All right, so they had her, they brought her home. How old was she when they realized like something's not right? Or did it, they know from right away? It was uh, six months. So my dad was out of town and my mom took her to her six month checkup and she had no idea. And the doctor came in and said, she's never gonna walk. She's never gonna talk. You should put her in an institution. And she was there by herself. Can you imagine getting that news from a doctor out so, of the blue? So they went her whole first six months of life just thinking this That's is a, they didn't have a kid. They didn't have anything to like compare it to, you know? So they just thought she was fine. And then, the, oh my God. Okay. So at six months old, they were basically told, well, your mom was told like, she's going to have zero quality of life. Like put her in an institution. How did your parents react to that? Again, same thing, Ty, like you were saying. Yeah, so I think they, she was um, diagnosed with cerebral palsy and mental right. retardation is what they called it back in the day. Right. Um, I don't know how they would term it now. Um, yeah. And so they just said, people don't keep kids like her. Like, oh. um, you won't be able to take care of her. She's not going to live long. She and to society, that's what they told her. Yeah, they were just like, there's just, huh? Say that again. She they said she can't contribute to society. Oh. So, I mean, craziness. But they were just, it's the same thing. Like, my dad is really Mensa brilliant, like literally. And he quit school 
went into construction full time because he had to pay and they had to fly her to Philadelphia once a month to get because nobody knew that anything about stuff back then. So they taught him how to pattern her, which is where you move their muscles so they don't deteriorate, how to just take care of her, everything. Okay. We have a line of strong willedness and a couple members of our family. Yeah. So I think our parents were like, we don't even hear a word you're saying. You guys are ridiculous. Right. And we would never do that to our child. And so they started talking to people and that's how they found there's like, there's one place in the United States in Philadelphia. That's even talking about stuff you can do with kids like this. And so that's, and I mean, this is pre-internet, pre-everything. It's still you know? there, actually. The, pl- yeah. the facility is called CHOMP. I can't, children's, I can't remember the term yeah, yeah. for it, but very weird. We have a friend from the foster girl who has a daughter that goes to the same place and oh. looks like my sister. There are, wow. it's, identical. it's so weird, but. Yeah. But it's, it is weird to think that, you know, I mean, yes, the, the 60s were, a long time ago, but not that long, you know, like the yeah. fact that, that people would be saying things like this, you know, just decades ago, like that like people is bizarre don't keep to me. kids like her. That's so crazy. So your parents, obviously they were just like, no, like we're going to keep her in our house. We're going to figure it out. So as kids, like, yeah, they're as, 20 years old. Like I can't well, even, and they, she learned, like, she's like, we dressed her just like we would dress you guys. They took her everywhere. Like anywhere we went, she went with us, you know, and we took her to school for show and tell. We're like, this is our sister. This is her cool wheelchair. <laughs> like, it was just normal to us. Or you'd forget to tell friends and they'd come over and she'd be sitting in the chair and they're like, who is that? We're like, right. oh, it's your sister. You know, like they would joke about it. Like my dad would say, come on, Bambi, go clean the kitchen. <laughs> so, okay. Oh my, so, okay. So your parents obviously kept her. They flew to Philly once a month for a long time to learn how to care for her. But so then what was her quality of life like? So what, like she didn't walk. She had the mentality of a three month old and the body of a six year old. Okay. So okay. So about. she never got bigger than like a six year old size. No. Okay. So they, so she would, so which, tell which me about small, but, but she would laugh. Like she knew stuff. Like when my grandpa, she loved my grandparents. Wow. When my grandpa would come in the house, he would just say, Hey Bambi. And she would start laughing. Like oh. she knew First, they were totally. Yeah. That was yeah. And, and you could do things like you would with a baby. You could, you know, right. make noises and faces, yeah. make music. her smile, make her like oh. music. She loved music. So it's not like she was void of like emotion or unable to respond at all. Like she had responses to things. And and progressively over her life, I think it, it lessened. Okay. But, um, but yeah, especially early on, she had, you know, a lot more of that. But I was going to say too, you know, the body of a six-year-old that is small, you know, that she never got beyond that. But when you think about it, like my mom, like Kim was saying, she went everywhere with us. She yeah. came to church. She went to the store. She went everywhere. Mom brought her and mom would carry her. Yeah. Like in and out. And like hundred pounds. Yeah. 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 Right. So, I mean, it was a major undertaking. Oh yeah. Cause I think know. about my daughter's four and a half and like, if Jace is like, hold me mom, I'm like, oh, like, it's like, she's heavy. You know what I mean? She's only four and a half. And it's like, that's like, that's a big person to be carrying around for an extended period of time. But you're right. In any pictures I see, your mom's always carrying her. And so I she- can't remember how we did her, her wheelchair was so back then, so right. heavy. And we didn't have a wheelchair accessible car. 
So, so they had to fold down, down, but it was hard to do. Oh, oh yeah. It did break down a little. That's right. It did break down, but it was still hard to do. And like, it was pre, I mean, this is pre minivan. It was like, um, but when she was initially born and just really little going back to that time, um, they both, their families both lived in town. So both sets of our grandparents, oh, good, yeah. um, which were both super supportive and like, we're all in and we're all in together, which is how we saw this huge, crazy family and, um, our church surrounded them yeah. and that's the church that they're still at. So it's been in high school. Middle, yeah. <clears throat> but oh, wow. so the church the other day, she said the whole church basically raised all of us, but especially Bambi, yeah. Bambi would be back in the nursery and one of them would be walking down the hall and they go, Nancy, Bambi's having a seizure. <laughs> like they just all like nobody it wasn't wow weird to them like everybody just kind of knew and they set up like a rotation like of uh, Pilates Jane Fonda workouts I don't know and so the women of the church would do like a a time slot and they would come to the house and they would do a workout with her like move her arms move her muscles oh. and so they all had a time that they would just come in and just so there are other moms like mentoring moms that would encourage our mom yeah and like love on her and love on Bambi and make sure like they were doing what they could do to help just to help the situation. Like no one had this perfect plan, but it was like, Hey, we can step in an hour a week and That's help her move her muscles. So she could have some muscle tone and movement and stuff. Oh, I mean, if that's not like a beautiful story about the church, I mean, it's like here, your parents are these two young kids that have this baby. They're told to basically get rid of her. And they're like, no, we're going to keep her. They had no idea what they were doing. And yes, they had family around, but like the church really rallied around them. I mean, that's beautiful. I remember Scott, you were telling me the other day about you guys would bring her to church on Sunday and they would bring her in the nursery. She'd stay back there with Alice. <laughs> Alice would <laughs> to her and rub her hair, right? Like, that stuff is huge. And that's, you know, we're, we're blessed today. We, you know, our church has a special needs ministry. Yeah. Right. This is back when that's way yeah, know, so anything long like ago. that and people just out of the goodness of their heart, yeah. step up and do this. Alice would stay at on Sunday night and take care of her, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't even know about the Pilates thing. That's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. But that's when they talked about, and that's really what the church should be still today. It's like, yes. they say it's the, you know, not just saying we love you or we care or we're a family. It was literally like our mom saw that church and dad as a family, like yeah. because of all of that, like they were all, you know, that's why they're so protective of our church. They were so invested. It wasn't necessary. You know, it was just, this is our house basically. Yeah, mom and dad wow. have weathered that church through the hard times oh, and yeah. back to the good. And I think you see it because mm -hmm you know, you go through something like that and people do that for you. I mean, that place, you yeah. know, those people. Oh yeah. You know, that, that's huge. That's crazy. So life with her. All right. So she didn't walk. She didn't talk. She was, you would have to carry her places. Like how did you guys help? Like, did she eat? Like, what was that like? She did, ate like soft stuff. And then by the, towards not the end, but later on in life, she had to have a feeding tube. Okay. So we would feed her. Um, she got really bad scoliosis, which is always what bothered me. I just hated to think she could be in pain. You know, it was really bad. Um, and, but mom and dad, again, it's all the way you look at it. They mm -hmm. never complained. You would never know. I'm like, I hear people complain about stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, but they would, they, it was just normal and they just did, but the people they met at 
the hospital. We had so many people live with us. Like Ty and I always joke, we'd show up at home. There'd be a family in our bedroom and we're like, who's the family? And they're like, oh, they were at the hospital. They needed places. We'd have people live with us for, I mean, in and out all the time. But the people that they were able to share Christ with, they met at the hospital because they were there so much. Oh, man. We always say, because they would say, Bambi, would it be a contributing minute? Uh, member of society she actually had a huge ministry and so she had like um people that were led to the lord through through the hospital visits and doctors and nurses and then there'd be times later on she started going to school um and our program we used to go to sibling day which was so much fun because we got to ride the bus with her to school and do all the things that she got to do for the day um and so all of that like uh she had one teacher that she just loved and um just got to continually share the Lord over and over and over again. So she actually, Bambi had a great ministry. Yeah. Not to mention us, you know, I think Bambi was a huge impact on changing grandpa's heart, mm. which changed the rest of our family in ways I think we never understood, but also for me, I mean, I always think about how, you know, my, the profession I went into the way that I do things, the way that I think, a lot of that came straight from Bambi, mm-hmm. you know, seeing her, like you said, Kim, um, you know, thinking about the pain she might be going through. I remember sitting there looking at her thinking, what if she has like an itch on her face and she can't scratch it? And that would just drive me crazy. So I'd sit there and just like rub her face, hoping that like uh-huh. she would feel okay, right? It changes who you are. And so her ministry, I think, obviously changed all of us. And then, yeah, to who knows how many people through hospital visits and uh, you know, all the, even at church, you know, people coming to help and you think what that does in their hearts. I mean, infinite, we will never know the impact that she had. And we always say, you know, like her life, I can, I just always, I tell this story all the time to people, but like how they told her, you know, she's, she can't contribute to society. She won't live to be a year. Then it was like, oh, well, she won't live to be five. Oh, well, she won't live to be 15. She lived to almost 30 and there were hundreds of people at her funeral and I'm like who didn't contribute you know like hundreds of people hundreds of people come to her funeral and she never said a word right exactly ever it's crazy unreal that's incredible I mean that's incredible it's beautiful I mean your family has obviously your family is different because of her in the best way possible I mean you guys are the most like caring, like take anybody in, like bring all your crap. We don't care. Like, and I really think that, you know, a lot of that is probably because of Bambi. Uh, Bambi and mom and dad. You yeah. Know, I give them so much credit. Cause again, I think like, I can't, I have, you know, two little kids and I can still barely like get the dishes done. And their mom and dad are inviting yeah. people in to live at their house. Oh and, yeah. Like doing for others, you know, things like that. So tons of foster dad, kids. We yeah. always joke too, like they just, give everything like one of my favorite stories is mom would pick I mean she picked up hitchhikers constantly still she'll show up at Thanksgiving with the lady I'm like where'd you meet her oh she was at King Supers and didn't you know like you never know who she's gonna bring her but like she pulls up at this bus stop this it was snowing and this guy was homeless and cold and she's like to my son Kale give me your coat Kale takes <laughs> off his coat, gives it to mom, she hands it to the guy. <laughs> it's just like, whatever, you know, I think you learn what's important. Like, 
things are not important. But I think we're at a season where we have just tons of teenagers and they have a ton of people coming through. And someone said, you know, how do you guys, like, what was your philosophy? How'd you guys decide? And I was like, Jeff and I were trying to think of it. And I was like, it's because it's what was modeled, like what's modeled in our lives. And so just how things like my dad always went to the grocery store. We never thought that was weird. Like that there was men and women roles that were like, men men don't all go to the grocery store and buy the groceries, like, or take like carpool or do all these things. And, and so they all helped in different ways. And that was what just was modeled is that you just, it's just part of your life. Like this is what you have. And so if we want to go on a church mission trip, Bambi's going to go with us or we'll be vulnerable and have her stay with somebody or, you know, and we had grandparents, so they would keep Bambi on the weekends, almost every single weekend so that we could go hike, go camping, go play soccer, go do whatever. And so, um, it really was a whole group that really just, I mean, they just, everyone just loves her so much and like she was just could change the room. And so you would do anything. There was never, um, we just didn't know anything different at all. Yeah. And I think we've talked a lot about her, the disabilities and what mom and dad had to overcome and things like that, but she was not a drain. She was never a drain. Yeah. Hard work. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. took a lot. I can't imagine how mom had energy at the end of the day to hang out with us or Mm -hmm. anything else, but, um, such joy like she brought so much happiness Mm. every day she was never it was never a thing like well bambi it was you wanted her with you Mm. you wanted her to be around you it was she was so like just pure and amazing yeah when we were younger our friends would say can we come over to your house and dress up bambi (laughs) and like they'd all want to play with her hair we'd play dress up with her and like just doll her up all the time and Poor little Bambi. She's <laughs> like, would you guys stop? <laughs> I bet she loved it. Crazy. <laughs> I loved it because then you wouldn't dress me up. <laughs> right? <laughs> did. Oh my goodness. All right. So Kim, you said that when she was almost 30, she passed away. So what what happened exactly? Was it that her body just couldn't like function anymore? And it was almost like it just kind of gave out, or like what was that like? She had been sick when she would get sick, she would get really sick and she would get really phlegmy Mm -hmm. uh, because her lungs were bad. And my dad rocked her to sleep that night and sang to her and stuff. And my mom still, she was like, I should take her in. And the doc, she, she only liked her to see one doctor because nobody else knew what to do. And he wasn't in that night. So they were, they said they'd wait till the morning and um, she passed away. I, I'm not even a hundred percent sure, but I think, you know, it could have just been breathing or whatever. And she had passed away in the morning and I'll let Ty talk about that. Cause I w- I'm horrible. Like my kids were little, I, I can't even believe I have to say this story, but my kids were like toddlers. And as soon as it happened, and this is me too, like, I just, I don't deal well with any of them, but they started screaming and you just knew right away, mom. And so, you know, Ty was there, Ty was visiting. She was home from college for something. And I basically grabbed my kids and went and Ty was left to deal with everything. So it was was that God was so involved. Mm -hmm. Um, we, Jeff and I had just gotten married in May 
and I had not done bridal portraits. And so I was like, I'll just fly out for a weekend. I'll do some quick pictures. And so I was there for the weekend and just that morning, like my mom went to get Bambi dressed and you could, she started screaming. It did not go well. And, um, and we really didn't want kids, Kim's kids to be traumatized. And so I was like, take them and leave. Yeah. So she took off. Um, and like we called 911 and they came and, um, but you're just an utter, utter shock. And I know like your family's recently gone through that too with your brother. And it's just like, so like, you're just like, what is going on? This is so surreal. Like, and it just, it was that silence that you guys talked about a few weeks, like the house is silent and, but it's full of people and we're like, what do we do? And, um, yeah, it was just a very horrific morning because it was such a shock yeah and um our cousin just... worked for the paramedics I remember mom screaming for him she only wanted Stephen oh. to come and see her you know like she thought he could maybe do something or whatever and then she called remember before she'd let the, the coroner anybody take her she wanted grandma and grandpa to come over mm. so Kim and Ty you guys were in your 20s Scott how old mm-hmm. were you was 14. And, and so that's young. I mean, that's yeah. young to lose a sibling. That's, you know. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see, cause you know, we've never really talked about the days after for you guys, but you know, for me, so dad picked me up at football practice and you know, I thought there was some surprise or something. I thought something was going on. And then uh, like he let, took me out early and uh, you know, then he had to tell me obviously in the car, which was hard. Um, and I, you know, one hard part is I, you know, I never got to see her again, but I also didn't have to, cause I know, you know, the, the, that morning it wasn't the best site. Right. Um, so I didn't have to do that either, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't remember a lot. I remember coming home and, you know, like all the chaos of people running around and, and things. And I remember I went up on my bed and I think they send a, a psychiatrist or somebody to kind of help and just be there. And she was really sweet. She came up, you know, cause I was on my bed and obviously she thinks I'm broken, you know, and, and I was, you know, I was like destroyed but I don't know there was also this piece about it because I think you know our family is obviously a family of faith we believe in God we believe that there is a a heaven and um for me there was just this overwhelming sense that things were better for Mm -hmm. her you know that she finally was in a place um she didn't have to hurt she we didn't have to wonder if she had an itch that she couldn't scratch or if her back was hurt or um or anything you know we just knew that that she was better finally and um so as broken as we were i think there was this uh peace i won't say joy um you know we missed her but there was a there was a peace to it and uh, i don't know i don't remember the rest of it so i don't know what you guys what you guys remember <laughs> Mm, it was like a whirlwind after that of you know planning a funeral and just doing all of those things and um like Kim said earlier just having so many people come through and just be present and telling their stories and to see her impact like it was crazy Mm -hmm. things that we just even know her reach um yeah I just think that that's such an incredible story of how someone who never spoke, like she never talked 
she never walked like and like no did she lead like a normal life like other kids no is that the life that your parents probably wished for her when she was born no but how incredible I mean like I'm sure looking back like they wouldn't change it because like you said she impacted your family in such a huge way she impacted your church your community your town like hundreds and hundreds of people at her funeral like it just speaks volumes I can remember one year she was the um IFTF interface faith task force whatever she was the grand marshal and so she like cut the ribbon you know we're there with her and so we did probably a 5k with her in her wheelchair um through like downtown Littleton and all around and everything and and I think the one thing with our parents too is that they're always like just don't take things so seriously like they're gonna get through this you know God's mercies are new every day and so they just never were like oh we have this burden or this like Scott said this drain it was just like man God gave us this daughter and like we're so thankful for the family that we have and so they always were really lighthearted. They just yeah. never, they were never easily offended because yeah. it's something that people aren't comfortable with. Like they didn't always understand it or they'd ask weird questions or say weird things. And like, they were always so okay with it and just like extending grace. And, um, and so I think that's for us too, it's just like, this was her life and this was her death and everyone does deal with it differently. I'm, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I'm the child in the family that has no heart. <laughs> I think I got too much, like, I am too emotional and tie That's why. So we can balance each other. Like mom will call me with something all freaked out. And I'm like, oh, you meant to call Ty. <laughs> she can handle that. But like, even in her death, like, it was just, okay, so what's next? Like, now what does this look like now? what's going to happen. And it was a shock. And I can remember that's the very first time I ever saw a counselor. I went back when we were married and I was like, I, people are talking about like, we were newlyweds. And so it was all my friends were getting married. And it's like, well, what colors do you think I should have for my wedding? What should my bridesmaids gift be? What? And I was looking, I'm like, you guys, my sister just died. Like, I don't care what color dress you wear, you know? And, and so it was, it was hard to process and figure it was our first real experience with death. You know, we had all like our grandparents still live, like all of these things. And so it did take a while to be like, what are these emotions I'm feeling? And why is, am I sad? And, you know, just figuring all of that out um, was a whole new experience, I think for our family as a whole. And then it could continue because we were all having kids and, and everything. And, um, and I think even when our parents had Bambi, they were still building their family, you know, like she wasn't an only child. And so yeah. I just, the stuff they've been through, I mean, especially mom, I'm like, it's insane. And yeah. like I said, when you hear people say so, I'm like, you don't even know. Oh, absolutely. Stuff that- really. Which brings me to the next thing. So as we are um, recording this, tomorrow is Mother's Day. And on Mother's Day, I always um, feel like my heart is really heavy for like women who have lost children and like how it's probably just like a torturous day for them. And obviously, you know, my mom, my brother died six years ago, but I always think of your mom because not only did she lose Bambi, she lost another child that, and I think this people probably know even less about this. Um, so tell us about that. So Bambi was born. How old was she when you were born, Kim? Two. Okay, so then when she was two, 
take it yeah. away. Your mom got pregnant. Yeah. And we were mirror image twins, which means as close to the same DNA as you can be. Like I'm right-handed. She was left-handed. Okay. I had a beauty mark here. She had it here. Like you're exactly the same. And then um, the umbilical cord got wrapped around her arm. I thought she had lived a time, but mom said she was stillborn. Okay. So they had already bought everything for twins, wow. like car seats to everything. And then she had to take one home from the hospital and mourn one. I'm like that just. And she had Bambi at the same time, right? So she had a two-year-old that you know, she had been told at the time, like this kid is probably not going to live till one, probably not going to live till five, you know, whatever. Then she was pregnant with twins, was expecting two, Kim and Karen. And then Karen was stillborn, which I mean, that I, I have really nothing to say about that. Like, I can't, I just can't imagine like your mom picking up and, and then going home and then taking care of you and Bambi, you know, like just, picked herself up and just continued on. But that's where I think, you know, God does like just seeing your purpose and not like, it has to be one day at a time, mm -hmm. you know, you just have to like get through that day and know yeah. that there is more, but just, I'm always amazed at really how she does and has looked at the blessings mm -hmm. and Instead of seeing it as any burden for any of it, it was just like, you can't eat, you have that choice. It's either I can look at this and think how horrible it is and why me, mm -hmm. or I can say, well, thank goodness for this and thank yeah. goodness for that. And, you know, see the purpose in everything. And I think she's always, and that's what she always does say is you have to laugh or it'll kill you. <laughs> she says it all the time and that you just, you do have to find the reason for it. Yeah. Kim, don't, didn't you growing up have some like, like twin things? Like what was some of that stuff? There's a lot of weird stuff, but they say, because you're so close as mirror image twins that your makeup, that it starts in the womb that you're so close. And so I always had two of everything, like two pacifiers, two dolls. If I had a sandwich, I wanted two sandwiches and, um, and I would always have like one best friend mm. at a time and then another and then another. And so it was, it's just always, and they said, the doctor told her it would be like that until I got married and you kind of have that void. And then the other weird thing I always think is strange is I have like five or more sets of twin friends and I'm friends with both twins. And they say that's the twins themselves always say that's not normal. You're usually so different that you're only a friend with one of them. It's weird. Ugh. That's crazy. So how old were you when you found out about her? I think she had always kind of talked about it, but I remember in high school, I think it was just being devastated when a friend and I stopped hanging out, like totally just devastated. And then she explained like why it was so hard and different. And like, it kind of fills that space or whatever. So yeah. Wow. And then I didn't even, I was gonna say just the crazy stuff that she's been through so then she had tie. she also had a couple miscarriages had tie then mm. I told you she is literally a hundred pounds Scott yeah was ginormica yeah. <laughs> and she said when he when she started to give birth she looked at my dad and said one of us is gonna die right now she knew 
that that's how bad that, and the doctor was such a bad doctor. It should have been a C-section and one of them should have died. And it oh. broke Scott's collarbone because he was so huge oh. and his face was purple for a week. Months. It was <laughs> ginormous. Oh. Oh my but God. I think her anxiety, her anxiety of giving birth again, mm. you oh, know, just of the unknown and, um, crazy just those crazy especially like you said going into mother's day just all the things the stories that we all have that people just don't share all the time it's just like yeah "Yeah, I've had life happen to me and to see like how she's bounced back and how she just handles it and just pretty much continues just to pour into others and so one of the cool things for her like you would never say oh all these things were great or whatever um but God always did have a plan and a purpose for them and so she loves kids like she Mm -hmm. loves them and so um right when Bam after Bam passed away our pastor had retired and him and his wife moved and she was our preschool director and so she was able to step in and and serve there and so she's been there like 20 years and loves it Mm -hmm. and she would never have been able to do that with Bambi so live you know and it wasn't something she was looking to do Mm -hmm. or anything but it's just like God just said hey I have something new for you and she has poured into hundreds of kids each one is basically her own I mean she doesn't miss school programs if they're like you know it's red white and blue day and they're like didn't bring something to wear she's running over to Target to find something that matches you know for every kid for every single kid um and those lives have, you know, so it's not just like, this is just one part of my story. This is like the purpose that God gave me. And then when that ends, like I'm done, it was like, that's just a season of life I was in. Like, that's just part of my story. And there's still all these other things that like she pours into us and to our grandkids, her grandkids, um, strangers, kids, oh, yeah. all the things. But that's what I think is too, is when you are that others focused, if you're focused on everybody that's in front of you and who you can help all the time, your problems seems you forget about them or they're not, you know, you don't have time to think about them. You're too busy. And you also see, like we always knew having so many foster siblings live with us. We saw like our dad would go downtown Denver. We had a 16 year old foster girl and two brothers. She would go down and he would go into crack houses, Mm. carry her out and bring her home. Oh. And we saw like all of these lives, like we knew mm-hmm. what else was out there and how good we had it comparatively. But. Which was one of those things. Like, I think a lot of people are like, I'm just too busy or this is like my laser beam focus. Like this is my job right now is to take yeah. care of this special needs child. And it was like, that's part of it. But like that never, so she had a two-year-old, mm-hmm. a four-year-old, then a little bit later, you know, you add me and at that same time, adding in two or three or four foster kids. And for us, what's funny is people ask us like, you know, how did that feel? And I'm like, it didn't feel like anything. Like it just felt like that was our home. Like we were never allowed to stand in a circle. You had to like leave one open so people could join you, you know, <laughs> all these little things about just being welcoming. And um, you had to invite every kid in your class, your birthday, everything like that was it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the thing is that they just were on mission and they're like, so Bambi was a part of that mission, you know, having a miscarriage that she could go and share. And so like a few years ago, 
oh gosh, it's probably been eight years ago. She went to Africa with a friend for just kind of a a vision trip. And she's like, I have no idea where I'm going on this trip. I have no desire to go to Africa. I hate snakes. Like this is just not my jam, but she went and they're in out like in these little villages and, um, this literally nowhere. Yeah. Like in the middle of nowhere, but like in the, um, I was there for a while. I can't, I can't remember the word. in the bush they were out in the bush bush. like no power no electricity like nothing and this lady brings her daughter on her back and she's just like bambi and so for a week mom got to like spend this time with her teaching her how to take care of her teaching her her value like all of these things that like it just keeps going it had nothing to do how to work her muscles all that yeah (laughs) you know and she's like i don't know why god wants me to go to africa like that's not my thing and she shows up and there it is oh I love that. I had never heard that. In the middle of nowhere, literally, literally, this lady comes carrying a kid on her back that's just like Bambi. That's. Oh. And you wonder who God did that for? For the right. mom, for the little girl, or for our mom? Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe all of them. All of them. <laughs> Take her across the world to connect. And I, I think one thing, as we're talking about mom, you know, so much of it is, like you're saying, Ty, this mentality. And I think it's more than just like when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Right, I think right. it's a sense of, you know, there there is a, a choice to look at any situation, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, mom and dad definitely always chose to make things the best possible scenario that they could to, mm-hmm. to take the harder uh, times or the harder uh, issues and to just like, it, it's, it, it wasn't like, let's pretend this is good. Right. It was like, here is why this is good. Let me show you how this, mm. how we can redeem this or how God can redeem this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. And, and I know too, you know, so many people face things and you see it, uh, you know, you guys, you guys have been through so much and it's the same. You guys put on that, you know, that strength, you press on mm-hmm. and continue going. And I think so many people are doing that same thing. You know, yeah. we don't always see it. We, we don't know it, um, but it gives you that, uh, admiration for people that that just put on the strong the strong face and press on mm-hmm. wow and that's the- why i love like this you know so what else podcast i'm like just talking to people and yeah. being like tell us your story like yeah you've done something or god's at work in your life yeah what's what's the deal like where are you at right now what yeah. are you learning or what's your story like what's your highs and your lows and mm-hmm. And I love hearing people's stories. Everyone has one, you yeah. know, and, and they're different. You get to learn from everybody's and be like, Hey, I've been so encouraged by this mom or by this lady that or like this parents, how they're parenting or whatever that looks like, that we're all getting little nuggets from people. Totally. I mean, we're right. so wise right here. People are going to be like, Caitlin, that was amazing. These are so wise. This is the best ever. <laughs> The numbers are going to be through the oh gosh no. it'll be like crickets <laughs> everybody left <laughs> oh my god that, scott did that episode post or like i don't know it's a tech <laughs> we won't get our feelings hurt trust me oh my gosh i love it i love it you guys that was like beautiful you you got that was amazing all right we have to like take it out on a on a light note TV shows. Kim, I know you love the housewives with me and other stupid reality TV. Tyann does not. What are you guys into right now? What are you watching? 
Um, I don't really watch television. In fact, I don't even have Netflix or um, cable TV or anything. Um, (laughs) What do you have? Johulu? I have no idea what we have. Um, My kids have Disney Plus on their, through their phone things. Um, things. And YouTube or something. I don't know. I would love to see people's mental image of you right now. <laughs> that would be awesome to see everybody. I so I get so irritated with reality TV because I don't feel like it's real. Because okay. I know that I can't be on reality TV because I would be offensive to people. And so, <laughs> okay, so but it's not only way. that you don't like reality TV. You can't even watch a movie with her because she's like, this is so stupid. Like that yeah. would really happen. That is, to- that would never happen. I'm yeah. like, just watch the movie. Just listen oh. to the rest. Okay, so if it's not like Nacho Libre, I oh, love that boy. show. No Magnolia. Um, That's a movie. So Magnolia, Magnolia is so good. I told Caitlin that was a comedy because I thought it was. And then she, it, she was like, this is horrible. And then we were watching Steel Magnolias and I was like, what the heck? You were like, it's a lighthearted movie. It's so fun. And I was like, are you kidding me with this? That's actually pretty much like our family. Oh. That warped. Like all of it would be, we would think that would be a comedy. To oh, our family it is. So I do have two shows that I like that I haven't watched really, but one is The Crown. I saw that a couple years ago. Oh, you need to catch up. It's really good. And Kim has made me watch The Chosen. Oh, which is really Kale and Connor are always the ones that turn yes, us on. Yes, 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 yes. Wait, do you like The Chosen? Oh, it's taken me a few oh, episodes. A large episode. <laughs> Caitlin and Scott, have you guys watched it? Caitlin, have you watched it? Okay, okay, okay. You know what? This is sensitive stuff. You're not a believer? Oh, I'm so, I can't believe I got to do that. I didn't know. Okay, so we watched the first episode and same as you, Tyann. Like, okay, people had pumped it up so intensely and then I watched the first episode and I was like, okay. Like, it was good, but people no. made it sound like... I'll tell you, Caitlin, I did the same thing. I did not like the Jesus character. I thought he was cheesy. Okay. The first time I watched it, I only watched the first episode too, and then I quit. But then Kale and Connor are like, no, you have to sit down. Kale was like, come on, just watch this one with me. And then we we spent a whole day and watched all of them. And I was totally like crying the whole time. Okay. Have you guys watched more episodes? It gets better. I watch them because Scott I like watched- Jesus. You I- are very holy. I know. It's <laughs> the holy one in the family. Sure. No, I do enjoy it because I like the context. Okay. So it's not like if you're looking for a biblical documentary, this is not it. This is like, right, right. here was the time and what it could have been like. Yes. And I enjoy that because when I read the Bible, somebody said this the other day, the Bible moves very slow. You know, it's like, oh, and Jesus did this miracle and da, da, da this actually opens it up and you're mm-hmm. like oh this is cool oh that's what it would have felt like mm-hmm. you know a wedding or a party so i enjoy that yes. caitlin slept from like that's minute not, two all right all right all right i'm gonna give you it know what's gonna happen. i feel publicly shamed <laughs> <laughs> well it's it, there is an episode I, there's a lady that probably would be on like just for housewives right now so you would probably like it oh, it's okay, okay it's okay, very okay. good too so. about like i just think it's so makes it 
more relatable, like it could be happening today. Like, I just love even how they take like Matthew and he's autistic mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, that's why he's so factual. And yeah. that's why he doesn't do this. Or I'm like, oh my gosh, that could totally be somebody in today's society. You know? Yeah, I love that. And there is something about the quality because I usually hate Christian movies. Me too, yeah. No offense, Kirk Cameron. No right. offense. Of course not. I love no. those kind of movies, people. I does. The what one thing is that she loves all dad. the cheap shows. When oh. she watches nothing, it's like this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Ty won't watch TV except for like Left Behind. Seriously. Not even joking. Kirk Cameron goes live like every night on Instagram <laughs> and my dad watches it like every night. <laughs> yeah, I watch it too. Ty and Tim. Ty and Tim are going to have to start sharing movie ideas. Oh my God. War Room. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> The football movie. What's the football movie one? Oh, blind, not the blind side. That, what's the other one? Yeah, I know. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Fireproof? Yeah. Yes, yeah. fireproof. Fireproof, War Room, Left Behind. All, all of them. All the Christian all listeners right now are rolling, and everyone else is like, what He's are confused. they talking to about? To help you out, <laughs> these are like Christian cinema that we I could film in our backyard. Okay. They don't pay Sorry. their actors. And so you get what you pay for, okay? Exactly. <laughs> it's like a volunteer basis. Like the church did it. Like it's it's fine. No offense. They I do get free Chick-fil-A. So, so. Yes. Scott, you should be in a movie because I think they give you free Chick-fil-A if you act. Great, let's Wait, do which, it. Like what movie? Like, like those Christian <laughs> movies. That's how they pay the Any people. They're all the same actors in every movie. If you it look, they're all a the lot same. more than Chick Fil A for me to do one of those. Oh, <laughs> fight words. I've been the chosen, but I, I don't think they would have me. Yikes! Yeah. Only if I you don't know. Oh my goodness! Are you guys reading any good books? Um, I read slash listen. So do so. I. Um, I don't know. Mine are again along the lines of my movies. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to know is what you're saying. <laughs> we so, okay, another gospel. It'll change. It's a game changer. It is so good, and it's okay. about progressive Christianity. Okay. Um. So it's a good one. Okay. And I just read Outdated. It's about dating because my people. Oh. Are going through that. What is praying that scripture like? for your adult children because you have to pray to make it through adult children? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's easier. Just trust uh, me. You need to read and prep right now. Yeah, seriously. Does it get Kim? Are you Kim? You read fiction sometimes? No, not anymore. Uh, not really anymore. I just I, we read a lot for work, so it's always just that. Yeah, same yeah. Stuff. But. Ty gave me the praying for your adult children, which I oh, have yes. over Kennedy's surgery and yeah. kids and yeah, it's a good one, but. All right. That's on praying for your adult children. Okay. We'll link Mama Bear Apologetics. It's good too. Oh, <laughs> Scott and I are actually reading, which makes me sound like not such a loser. Um, we're reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Yeah. We're taking a class at church. And so we're reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is serious and Christian-y. But then the 
stupid book that I just read is The Simple Wild. It's like a romance. Like, I loved it about Alaska. Go read it. It's so great. What was the other one that you read about the psychiatrist? I almost bought that oh. book. And then when you said it, I was like, I almost bought that before. Maybe you should talk to somebody. Maybe. Yeah, it? It's so I good. It. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's so good. Okay, another book I just did was The Boys in the Boat. It was not, it was just for fun. It was really good. Oh, it's a fun book? Yeah. Okay. Also, one last thing. If you want to watch a good documentary, it's called Mully. It's long. Oh. It's amazing. Oh, you told us about that. What is it again? Mully. M-U-L-L-Y, I think. What's it about? It's just about this guy who became the richest man. He was homeless when he was young. His family just up and left him one day. And oh. then he became the richest man in Africa. And oh, then wow. he gave all of it up to take in orphans. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, is that going to make us cry? Oh, well, Tyanne can't watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I don't cry. that long for that movie. She'd be like, I'm done. Give me the cliff notes. <laughs> That's how I feel about books. So you guys take your course and then come back and just give us the we'll cliff give you, notes. We'll give you the cliff notes. We'll give yeah. you the cliff notes. That's how we roll. In school, yeah. in life and everything just clip oh, note goodness all right i love it you guys this was action-packed and so fun and i you cry from laughter it. and i cried from sadness so that's a really good episode <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that thank you it's so much fun to like yes, to we be a part of this yay we love you guys good job scott you Thanks, too you too <laughs> Seriously, Kim Ty, thank you so much. We love you. You did amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe right now before you go. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for our next episode. You can catch So What Else anywhere you get your podcasts or at CaitlinElliott.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Artwork by Caroline Chicola and editing and everything else by Scott Elliott. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.